In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, people. This is DJ. This is Ish. And this is season three of Better Let, Let Me Tell, Tell You. So... There's no room for loving. Stop, Stop that, that pushing, shoving. Yeah. Don't want to know about that love thing. Welcome, everybody, to I... episode <laughs> 109. Hello, hello, hello. Our continued coronavirus, you know, suite of episodes. I know, but this time we're, we're recording this via, actually, we're Zooming together. So I can zooming. actually see you now. Who's Zooming? No, who's who's zooming, zooming who? Yeah. Oh. Wasn't wasn't Zoom also a show on PBS? Yes, it was. It was, it was like the Electric Company, right? But it was like in the seventies, right? Yeah, like the Electric Company, <laughs> right? Right. Because I know in like in um in our time in the eighties, uh-huh. it was um, contact is the yes. nana, is the where everything happens. Three, contact. two, one, contact, contact. <laughs> Aww. Three, two, one, contact. I hadn't thought about contact then, in years. And then, of course, there was a, just take a look. It's in a book, a reading rainbow. Oy, excuse me. Como se llama? LeVar Burton. And welcome, everybody, to episode 109. <laughs> I told you that Lamar, what's it? LeVar Burton. LeVar Burton. LeVar Burton. He's one of these people that flies totally under the radar but he has done three iconic roles. Like, he's been in three iconic projects, and that's Roots, Star Trek, and Reading Rainbow. I mean, true. If you want to talk about iconic, you know, each one of these are iconic, and he's been. Uh, well, he wasn't the star of Star Trek, but no, no, I mean, but he was the main. He was ensemble. one of the main cast, right? Right. Right. He it was that's an ensemble cast, right? But I mean, 
He was a main star of Roots. Obviously, he was a host of Reading Rainbow. And he's, so, he's one of these people that he flies totally under the radar. You know what I mean? Like, But he's such a big part of, like, pop culture. Yeah, because he's been in three of the most iconic, you know, and in different genres, right? Because Roots is for children, you no, know. Roots is, Star not, Trek, Roots is not for children. I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> Reading Rainbow's for children. You know, Root, uh, Roots obviously was very big. It was what, the most watched miniseries? It was, I think, the for most, years. Yeah, probably until, you know, the end of MASH. Right, but, but it's, it held, like, so many records. And yeah. I remember... Roots aired in the 70s. I remember even in the 90s, people were still talking about Roots. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. They even, like, I think they, they redid it a couple of years back, too. Yeah. They did. They did. But it had such a like extreme like cultural ex- impact. Cultural impact and legacy. Yeah. And then, obviously, there's Star Trek, which, I mean, it's, we don't, we don't it's, have for, to say anything. <laughs> it's for sci-fi people, but it's also mainstream. So, yeah. Uh, oh, LeVar Burton. Yeah, I mean, he he should have more. Does he have a lifetime Emmy? I be, I feel he, he should probably does. He should have a, At the very least, a daytime Emmy, because you know, reading Rainbow for children's programming. No, but I believe that he should. He deserves like you a know, lifetime. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm saying he. I have to assume that he, at the very least, has a, a you know a lifetime Emmy for his work with children's television. I I think I think we should get this going. We should like have a campaign to Let's like get him an Emmy. Emmy Flavar. <laughs> Because, I mean, if anybody's deserving, is him. So. That's true. Very true. Anyway, so another week of coronavirus another out there. Coronavirus, and now, you know, if the coronavirus wasn't enough, now we also have to worry about, you know, a polar vortex, murder hornets, you know. A polar vortex? Yeah. I think I saw the idea. That there, there I don't a, know about the polar vortex. Yeah. Um, so I think there's a polar I think there's a polar vortex that's um, like making its way, and I think it's by this weekend. And there could be frost seen as far as Georgia. Oh man, not down here. No, not down here. But no. still, I mean, coño, so the polar vortex, casi en junio. No, because hold on, I got my garden in check, so I don't want a polar <laughs> oh, okay, vortex. That's true, that's true. And then, of course, you know the murder hornets, which are here and they're decided to kill the bees. Although I saw something today that I think will make you very happy. The bees are fighting back? The bees are not fighting back, but do you know what? There's a video of and I'll send it to you. Uh, Honey, do the bees, that's you for me. No, you know what uh, What bug actually can take on the murder hornets? Oh, don't tell me. The praying mantis. Yes. <laughs> it is the praying mantis. And I saw the video. I'll send you the video of it. Like the praying mantis just grabbing the damn hornet and just eating its head. And I'm just like, good, good. Zorak is I'm nothing saying. to be played with. I'm saying. Uh, you, know, you know I've been a fan of Zorak for many years now, for going on 20 years. That's what I'm saying. Zor- so it's Zorak versus the, <laughs> the, the murder hornets. <laughs> oh, I, I really hope our listeners know who Zorak is. The murder hornets, or as I saw on Facebook today, the Baskin Bees. <laughs> so, so Zorak, for our listeners who don't know, it's this old cartoon. It's probably, what, from the 60s? Uh, Space Ghost is either from the late 60s, early 70s, yeah. That Zorak was a villain in the cartoon series of Space Ghost, yep. right? Yep. And I, I, aside from when we knew him, I, I'm going to go ahead and say that Space Ghost has not been one of the most famous cartoon franchises. Uh, well known, but not iconic, shall we say. Maybe maybe within like, certain circles, like, right. Certain circles, but it's not a mainstream like cartoon from the '60s that is like legendary and everybody knows and had like again a cultural cultural impact. Right until right. the '90s, Cartoon Planet 
came out with this kind of talk show called Space Ghost Coast to Coast <laughs> on the was, Cartoon Network. It was wonderful. And then Thorak was on it, and so was Brack. And there were, it was just, I can't really explain it, right? How do you even explain that show? Basically, they would take, they took old footage and they had, they had them on like a, a talk show stage. And then they would have celebrity guests coming in via monitor. So the celebrities would film their interview, but the characters weren't necessarily paying any attention to the celebrities. They would just kind of do whatever they were going to do. And the celebrities would be talking about their project. And so it was almost like built around, I guess the scripts were eventually built around the celebrity interviews on how to make it as irrelevant as possible or irreverent as possible. Do you remember the Metallica interview? Yes. <laughs> that every every time they would talk about something, Zorak would go, and you blew up. <laughs> yeah, because we were about to go on stage, and you're like, and you blew up. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, it's Metallica. It's like a, you know, huge, yeah, like, bear. No, it was, a, it was and, an honor to be on that show. I mean, it was like big names were going on the show. Yeah, so they, like, they have, the, the beginning of Adult Swim, really, is uh, Coast yeah. to Coast. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I would say. Yep. And I remember I used to watch that in, what was it, Mystery Science Theater? 3000. Yeah. Uh, I, do they still play that? They actually brought Mystery Science Theater back uh, as a Netflix original. Because I feel that that has a fan base. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they brought it back as a, as a Netflix show. Uh, I think it's yeah. like about maybe 10 episodes that they've done so far. So I want to shift gears a little bit mm-hmm. on something we've talked about, especially in the last few weeks, that everybody is like really at the peak of cabin fever. And, you know, we've already been at this for two months mm-hmm. and – we're working from home and things are still not open. There's murder so hornets now coming. There's murder hornets now to make matters worse. So and more and more, I feel we're seeing cases of people, for better or for worse, who've had it and are protesting against these stay-at-home orders. And mm-hmm. um, there's some that I definitely sympathize with. And then there's others that I want to like bashing the head with to, well no because you know i'm you know i'm very restrained oh sorry that's, about, that's how know, i feel about it sorry those type of comments but so th- that's something i want to focus on one of the things that i find very interesting is that and first first i, I want to talk about you know the frustration as i mentioned a couple of episodes ago or maybe last week i understand and i think we all understand the economy has to Get up and right. open it's, it's up suffering. again. It's suffering. Nobody's, nobody's going to argue suffering. that. Nobody's going to argue Mark, that. Neiman Marcus filed for bankruptcy today, and they yeah. think J- that J. Crew that it, this week too. J. Crew already did that. If they don't do something soon, even Macy's like can file for bankruptcy because these department stores were already like bleeding before See. this happened. So this is like the nail in the the last nail in the coffin, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, and as months and months pass by, you know, people that are not working. You know, their savings, let's say they had some type of savings where they can, you know, pay for their rent and pay for their necessities. Yeah, they have to pay for essentials. They're not going out and buying Eventually, Eventually, that's going to run out. Because as we know, as we know, unemployment, unemployment, yes, the numbers are are now higher than they were during the Great Depression. Are they really? But, you know, yeah, they are. They already suppressed the Great Depression. And one in five Americans right now has filed on unemployment or it is on unemployment. But as we hear on the news constantly, all these states are lagging unemployment. Florida is on the bottom True. of that list. So that's not a real number. 
right, that unemployment there, they still haven't processed these unemployment claims. Right. So yeah, right. you could be eligible for unemployment. Heck, I'm eligible for unemployment. But if you're not getting it because the state is backed up, well, you know what? Your bills aren't stopping at the end of the month. So I understand that. And I understand that people are dying to get back to work. I specifically had a little bit of an outrage with a judge earlier this this week. Um, specifically, you did, with a judge, like you you had a personal interaction. Well, or, or well, well, story? no, no, no. It was on oh, TV. Okay. Was on TV. <laughs> but like me, like I, 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 well, a lot of people were outraged. But I'm, you know, I'm talking about me here. Right. Um. So earlier this week, there was a case, you know, going on with this whole thing that people need to get back to work. Right. right, uh, right. There was this lady in Dallas who opened up her salon. Okay. Right. Okay. And. She was arrested, which I thought was That's really odd. That she didn't I thought it was fine. really odd. I don't know if maybe this, she was a, a, a second, like if this wasn't her first violation. Okay, she may have gotten a warning um, already or something like that. She may have gotten a warning. Okay. But I, I, I would have assumed that these type of infractions were dealt with like a fine. Mm-hmm. But she was arrested, right? Okay. And when she went up in front of the judge, the judge, you know, I, I don't know, trying to be... Uh, trying to be an activist from the bench at that point, which mm-hmm. that's something that as somebody who practiced law for several years really bothers me, but that's another story. Um, the judge said that he would, you know, drop charges and let her go if she apologized to the court for being selfish. Well, that seems like a, like, I mean, if I was that lady, I'd be like, okay. <laughs> no, absolutely no, absolutely not. I would have done what she did. She said, I need to feed my family. I don't have unemployment. I don't have savings. I think that the savings that she had, she paid it to her employees. And I am not going to apologize and say that I was being selfish because I was trying to make a living for my family. That is an example. The judge should have either let her go or done whatever. But don't make the woman apologize and say that she was being selfish. She needed to say that she was being selfish. Mm. Right? When the woman was trying to make a living. Right? right? So that's one of those examples that is bullshit. Because, you know, I, I, I'm totally for the social distancing. And I, and I believe that a salon, I don't feel comfortable going to a, a salon or a barber. Yet, even if they open them tomorrow, and God knows my hair, you know, <laughs> is out of whack. But I don't feel comfortable going to one yet, right? Because, I mean, you really can't social distance in a salon, right, right? right? So I understand the necessity for potentially keeping it closed. But also, don't make that person seem like a pariah or a criminal because they opened up their salon to put food on the table of their kids and say that they were being selfish and that is a part that got a lot of people angry that this judge was like oh you need to tell everybody you were being selfish and she's like no i'm not gonna do it i i would have done the same thing because it's like you know what don't make me look like a horrible person because trying to pay my bills because i'm trying to pay my bills we're all desperate because this is a situation this doesn't have a right or wrong answer right Right, right. because Yes, you still need the social distancing and we're not out of the woods yet, but what are we going to do with this other problem now that that surfaced? Yeah, we can't this? just be in our house all for, for like the rest of our lives either. Right. So this doesn't have a right answer, a right or wrong answer. So for people that are trying to make an honest living, even if technically right now they're not supposed to, you know what? Go shut them down. Shut them down repeatedly if you have to, but also don't put them in jail. That is the part that angered me, that they arrested her, you know? It wasn't like, 
well, the attorney general got involved and he, you know, he, they dropped the case immediately because this got national attention. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. So, um, so in a case like that, I totally understand. Now let's talk about the other extreme, right. which are the fucking come mierdas, right? <laughs> you know, and you could quote me on that. Those FCs. So, so these people, th- this is what really has outraged me. And I think I've been in a pissed off mood all week because of this. Happy Beto Friday, everybody. Well, don't take, yeah, like, Friday. I mean, don't take it out on me. Uh, God, this, is, this may have been the wrong week to Zoom and see you if you're going to get upset. <laughs> no, 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 no. We were talking about reading Rainbow. That's true, that's true. Besides, this is what I did for a living for many years. So, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm good with this. So, um, uh, on the other spectrum of that, you have these MFs, Okay, because that's what I'm going to call them. Storming, for example, the state capital of Michigan right. with their all their weapons for no reason, burning the American flag, right? Oh, they were? And saying, yeah, and, oh my God, and a bunch of protests are burning the American flag, right? So this is my my little, little... Right. Nugget of, no, you're, to, right? to go back so, to Zorak, your little nugget of joy. <laughs> so these people that are out there mm-hmm. complaining that their rights are being violated and their constitutional rights mm-hmm. are being, you know, are being violated because they have to stay at home, you know, during a pandemic, right? During a pandemic that has been unprecedented in the, not only the history of the United States, but pretty much in the history of the world, at least in modern times or recently, yes, yes, in the yes. last hundred years, right? Um to this magnitude that the world has shut down because the flu of 1918, I think it was worse in terms of people dying, but the world didn't shut down. And the it was a different world too uh, back then. And it was a different world. But anyway, um, so all these people are huffing and puffing and being all brave and, you know, big time bullies, you know, out there getting in front of nurses, you know, saying all these terrible things, burning the American flag. But I'm sure that those are the same people that got really pissed off and offended when Colin um, Kaepernick, uh, Kaepernick uh, st- uh, st- kneeled during the national anthem. Wow. I'm sure that those are the same people that, are. you know, were, were like, oh, you know, are. and these are, oh. these are, listen. These are the same people who, you know, are marching out there with signs that says, you know, my body, my choice, but, you know, not when it comes to abortion. Only when it comes right. to being able to go eat at TGI Fridays. Right, right, right. You know, so, you know, and the whole thing with the with the kneeling with the uh, to the America, to the national anthem. I understand that that's a heated debate. I understand that if you're an, uh, a veteran right. or something like that to see somebody kneeling, I understand how that could be offensive. But that's his right to do that. And you have a right to disagree with it. Right. But I'm sure that, you know, those people that said all these horrible things about him are the first ones, you know, and, marching and, on there with, and with with gu- I don't freaking, understand the guns. I don't yeah. understand why they right, because why. because. This is all these, these are, well, first of all, the president didn't help when he does tweeted. He ever? Has he you know, ever? It, he hasn't, but, you know, but sometimes he does even worse. You know, when he tweeted, liberate Michigan, right. liberate Wisconsin, and in one of them, he said, liberate, I think it was Minnesota, and, you know, fight for your Second Amendment rights, right? This is all part of but the show, But this has nothing to right? do with Second Amendment. Right, but the thing is that he right now can't have rallies because his famous Trump rallies. That's he true. can't have them. So this is a way of having a Trump rally. So it's just the hypocrisy, you know, that it's just unbelievable to me. Like unbelievable. It's, it's not like okay. To me. 
because okay, okay. I, I, I'm I'm not caught off guard by the hypocrisy of it all. It's like okay, Karen and Bill, you're. <laughs> I understand that you have kids. I understand that you have kids, and you know what? I have kids too, and so does the next person. And so I understand you have, have a mortgage. Rent. We all have a mortgage. I, I know you have rent, and you've got Groceries. a you got to work. I understand that, and nobody's saying that those points are not valid but this is also what's going on you know and if you do want to protest because as we talked about it here last week for example in michigan the rules in michigan were a little bit extreme like i don't know why they were so extreme but they were okay find a way of maybe i don't know doing a honking parade that you go in front of the capitol and you honk something to have your voice or your honk of your car heard or to your point Uh, if you were saying that people couldn't go and like you know buy paint or whatever like do a rally in front of a Home Depot. Whatever. <laughs> These people now, you know, are doing this. And it's the hypocrisy when a minority, you know, and, and you know, people are always upset. Oh, you make things white and black. Yeah, you make things white and black because they are white and black. It's right? When a minority, when a minority or somebody else does something, you know, that you don't agree with, you want to cut their head off. And let's be very clear, when we are in this particular instance saying a minority, we are not talking about a minority that does something in a minority-majority city. Um, So, so yeah, Carrot and Bill, you know, it's like, I mean, really, it's just the hypocrisy of it is just disgusting. And unfortunately, you know, I I see certain images, and it just makes me very disappointed in, in just us as a country in general because oh. damn it if there was ever something that we should have united on and for the most part at the beginning i think people were pretty united yeah i think it's, you a, know, it's a cabin fever mixed with racism it, <laughs> situation it, it is it is it is but you know there was something that really i mean literally should have brought us all together because we are all in the same boat right. in reference to this would have been this and just the humanity and the people that have died and all that it's you know because you're, you're saying that you're disappointed you know in this country and and it's i'm glad that you're still there because i've i think a while ago have already lost most hope in humanity as a whole so you know i'm glad that you, well, you know catch up with me <laughs> i'm an optimist i always feel that at the end of the day um good will triumph over evil oh, and whatever i, I, I believe that and too. whatever and whatever you know, magnitude or face or manifestation it is, I always feel that the right thing will, will be done, yeah. even, if, even if at the moment it feels that the wrong thing is being done. But again, this whole thing of going back to work and opening up the economy, I think everybody can agree that it has to happen, right? And and we just have to as do it in, much, a, in a measure in a measured way, in a measured way. And and I said it here first when the administration passed their original um guidelines for reopening the economy specifically the 14-day rule i actually was totally on board with that i'm like okay that makes sense if if you know the cases of uh, covid 19 continue to drop for a period of 14 days okay yeah let's ease restrictions that means that at least that state in that area passed the curve Right. right You know, but then you have stuff like here. Now let's bring it back over to Miami, oh, as you South probably Point know. Park. South Point Park. That made national news. Listen, listen. Nobody loves South Point Park more than me. I <laughs> love true. South Point Park. You're always there. I'm, a, I'm, I'm always at South, <laughs> Point Park. South Point Park. I think I think South Point Park is beautiful. I think it's one of those beautiful places in town, and especially uh, you know at um, you know at sunset when the cruises start passing by after four thirty. You yeah, know, yeah. just being there is beautiful and 
you know, the air is cooler at that time and it's freezing. I love South Point Park. Pero tuviste clase show que se formó en South Point Park. What do I always say? What? This is why we can't have nice things. No, you know what I love? That meme that has gone around. It's gone around in like Only in Date and like um, um, the Field of Miami uh, IGs. Um, the, you know, people are going out on their bo- people are going out on their boat and going to the beach. The people that are going out on their boat and going to the beach now are the same ones that haven't gone to Miami Beach in like five years. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> like all of a sudden, all of a sudden, everybody goes to the beach and goes to the park. Yeah, you know? because you and I can really say that we go to the beach all the time. Yeah, like yeah, I mean, I, more uh, than most. Yeah, always. But think about it. Even since we were like. In college, we've always, you know, whether it's individually or even with our group of friends, we go to the beach a lot. Right. But how many people do you know that never, ever go to Miami Beach? No, yeah, or any not, beach yeah, 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 yeah. And now it's a playa. And it's like, are you serious? You know what sucks, though, about the South Point Park one? Is that this time around, we can't blame it on tourists like we could the first time around with the South Point Park. This is all us. It's like, coño, this is all us. Yeah, that was all Miami people. We all Miami people. We, 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 can't, we can't shift the blame <laughs> at this one. Especially South Point Park, because South Point Park, on a regular day, even even when there are a lot of people there... It's not that packed. It, it's not that packed. Yeah. Right? Because on, on a weekend, there's hundreds of people there doing all types of stuff. But it never feels packed. But if you really think of the, of the area of it, it's not that large of a park. It's not like it's Tropical also, Park. It's also residential or, more so. Yeah, but what I'm saying is it's not like Tropical Park or like Tamiami Park that's like acres and acres and acres and acres of parkland. I mean, this is a strip of a park. So, you know. um, By definition, you're going to be on top of each other. Yeah. So, (laughs) they gave out that weekend. Did you hear how many warnings they gave out? They gave 8,000 warnings. 8,000? 8,000. Over that, over 8,000. Isn't that more warnings than people have died from corona in Miami-Dade? <laughs> I think so. Like, yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love, for some reason, I, you. we always laugh. I mean, I, I feel it's um, it's Probably people that listen to us, or most of the people that listen to us, probably follow only in Dade, which we love. I'm sure we're there's big, a, yeah, big, yeah there, there's definitely a Venn diagram somewhere about that. We're big, big fans of only in Dade. Um, they're awesome. But um, haven't you felt that recently on only in Dade, there have been more cars in the water and car burnings than usual? <laughs> <laughs> It's like, I love that only in Dade posts so many pictures of cars on fire. Yeah. Like, who knew this was like, I mean, that might be the real epidemic that's happening in, in South Florida. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, oh, say, yeah, but, but, but now recently in, in like the last couple of weeks or month, I feel there's been so many cars that have been stuck in the water. So, you know, you know how it is. You can't pay a car. You stick in there coming out. It's true. Así por lo menos you get blue books. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's the Miami way. It's true. See, oh yeah, I remember. Actually, I remember as a kid that used to be lingo. People would be like, "Ah, no puedo pagar por el carro, tirar en un canal." And I would think, and I would think as a kid, like, "Really? Are you really going to drive 
live in the car until Canal? Well, like, oh yeah, but wait a minute. Your parents' house is near a canal. I'm sure that you guys saw your share of, you know, cars <laughs> being towed out of the canals, <laughs> dripping behind. I was going to say, why don't, you, why don't you just think it's an auto nation? <laughs> but no, but if you're financing it, you're stuck. Also, that didn't exist when we were growing up. <laughs> Yeah, no, but that was such a like common thing back in the eighties. Oh no, no, que te quieren hacer el carro. Tiraron por el carro. Tiraron un canal. Yo conozco alguien que lo tiraron un canal. Total. Después te dan te dan el blue boo. Yeah, no, because the thing is, there's an art to that. Because when you, I love that we're giving, we're we're almost giving like a tutorial on. No, 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 because when you. The, the thing about when they would throw the car in the canal, why they needed to hire a professional. Because I would see, like, when I was a kid and I would hear people talk about this, I'm like, so do you just drive the car to the canal? And just, just go. Like, push it, right? <laughs> no, the reason why you would pay someone to do that is because they have to take the VIN number off your car. Oh. Right, because then they would take the VIN number off the car. So then what you would do is that you would call the cops and be like, they stole my they car. stole my car. I don't know where it ended up. That's true. Right. Right, because if a few days later, you know, I go outside of my house and I look at my canal, and I'm like, there's a white Mustang floating in the canal, and I call the cops, and the cops come and read your VIN number, they'll be like, Mr. Yano, <laughs> sir, we have located your car in suspicious, you we know. Have, we have reason to believe you may have been involved in the disappearance. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure that back in the 80s, everybody knew somebody who knew a guy that could throw the car in a canal. I'm sure. I'm that's a, sure. that's like that's like you know me. I mean, not obviously, obviously because of what you know. I went to law school and you know all that. And you're an I do everything. Citizen. I do everything by the book. I can, I've always leased cars. Always, I'm always since I'm, I've been 18. That's true. I've always leased since cars. I've only yeah. had a leased car since a Jetta. I've I've had a leased car. I can't tell you how many times in those 20 years that I've been in conversations with people that I'm like, oh, yeah, because, you know, my car's leased. And when my lease is up, that somehow it comes up that my car is leased. Right. That I'll have somebody tell me, hey, if you need to, like, change the miles, I know a guy. And I'm like, why on earth do you think that I would do that? But hello. Like, you and I have always <laughs> said, you and I have lived here in this country for years and years and years. And we don't know how to do Medicare fraud compared to like some of these people que llegan de Cuba y se la saben toda. And it's like, we yes, would, I wouldn't even know where to begin. I wouldn't know. I mean, I freaking went to law school and passed the bar. And I wouldn't even know where to start on how to do Medicare fraud. And these Much less come, if I came from a communist country. Where, you know, and, and our brothers and sisters that come from Cuba. Like, it's like, I think they took a course over there. It's like, eso lo que en la Universidad de La Habana. There, there must be. Actually, they say that they do. I've heard people say that they I, do. I have no doubt. I have because no I'm like, doubt. Do you know how complex it is to go through the Medicare system, you know, and getting paid? Like, Ay, how, Dios. you know, that's a federal system. So... Oh lord! I wouldn't okay. even know where to begin. No, no. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So I've had so many, so many times people have been like, "Oh, you need somebody to fix your miles," and I'm like, "No, <laughs> like, thank you. I'm, I'm good. Okay. I'm good. I'm thanks. Okay. I'm, thank you. Thank you. No, 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 <laughs> no. Thanks. I'm good." <laughs> oh yeah. Did you get a chance? I sent you. I sent this article. I think it was last week over the weekend to to you and our friends about the woman with the with the bread baking. Did, Did you, I read it? No. You so. didn't read it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, you know that with this pandemic, everybody and their mother now is like baking bread. It's baking, including it's, me. I'm, I'm like, but baking bread. Baking. I, but I feel like baking bread has has taken off. Like a lot of people are like, bueno, total. I'm here for you know the next three years of my life. Might as well learn how to bake bread. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, and everybody's obviously making it and posting it or what have you. So on Medium, the website Medium, this woman last week, I think she posted it about Friday or Saturday. Her name, get ready for this name. Her name is Karen White with a C. So it's Karen with a C, White, okay, is this woman's name. And the title of her article was Why You Need to Stop Baking Bread. Your new hobby is creating food insecurity in your community. I don't get it. I don't even get the headline. Okay, well, so here's the thing. So Karen, again, she was just born to ask for management. Karen, apparently... Does she have the haircut? uh, Well, we don't know. So here's the thing. She posted this article. She the, The article's not even up anymore. Because she got so much backlash for it that she deleted the article from Medium. She deleted her author page on Medium, and she has just evaporated into the ether. So mm-hmm. I'm going to read a couple things from her 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 article. Because, of course, being the internet, things may be, del- be taken down, but they're not gone, right? So she mm-hmm. says, I was walking down the baking aisle to see if the organic flour was on sale. That's literally the first sentence of her article, and I already hate her. Organic flour is expensive, and I am poor, so I always try to buy it when it goes on sale. There was no sale and no flour. The shelves were bare. My eyes traveled up to the top shelf, the shelf with the leavening ingredients, also bare. How could this be? So she goes on and she says, It seems there's been a run on flour and yeast because people are bored, so they are baking bread to pass the time. So then she goes on to say that baking bread is a way of life for her, not a hobby. She doesn't, because she doesn't eat store-bought bread. She rarely eats prepared foods of any kind. And if you went to her kitchen, you would find food, but nothing to eat because I only stock ingredients. On Saturday nights, I don't order pizza. I make it, including the crust. I also grow my own popcorn, but that's a topic for another day. So she just keeps going on and on and on, right? But basically, and then she, she grows her own popcorn. I can't wait to see what that tree looks like. I mean, wouldn't it be like she grows her own corn? <laughs> right. Not, you don't grow your own popcorn, Karen. Is um, there your own popcorn that we don't know about? So she just a popcorn makes, plant? I would love a popcorn plant. It'd be next to a cotton candy bush. So basically, she goes on to keep saying how, like, you know, um, these people, you know, are robbing other people's children of their daily bread. And all they're doing it for is for the picture. And, you know, instead of baking bread, you should take up other hobbies like, you know, learning how to garden or sew. And then this other chick, which is the one uh, who, you know, pulled the, and wrote an op-ed piece, like tore her to shreds. Okay, so here's how the lady ends the article, the one criticizing her. This is a freaking pandemic, and we're all trying to make do with whatever's available. If the worst thing that happens to you throughout this is a thing you want, not being at the store when you go there, you are a very lucky person, and you should shut the hell up before a lightning bolt strikes you in the neck. (laughs) Okay, so I have a lot to say about this. I have no doubt in my mind that you have a lot to say about it. So she says that she bakes her own bread. Basically, she doesn't buy anything prepared. But, but she does her financial reasons? She, no, not for financial reasons because she says that she's poor. So she only buys these things when they're on sale. So I'm assuming that what happens is when it's on right, sale, she goes right. and she stocks up. Right, but it's for financial reasons then. I don't think it's for financial reasons that she cooks <laughs> these things. I think, no, she's one of those people who just makes everything at home. Like she's one of those organic bullshit people. Right, but, but she said that she's poor. Right, right. right. Yep. So I would assume... That the reason why she said she's poor is because she does bakes her bread at home. Because you know what? Um, 
if you want to get technical with that, you know, a loaf, a public spread is like a dollar. Right. Right. Well, but that's the thing. She doesn't eat. She. It's not that she doesn't eat them because of that. She just doesn't eat processed foods. She's one of those comemia does, Darian. Like she's, you know, she's one of these organic people. Okay. Well, if she doesn't eat processed foods and she has stuff organic, then she can't be that poor. Because as we know, things that are organic, even if they're on sale, are three, four times as much as things that are not organic. So, you know, which which that is a problem in itself, you know, being that, you know, we're one of the most developed country with such high rates of obesity and diabetes mm-hmm. and all that. But that's, that's a conversation for another day. But um, but yeah, like if if you're buying all this stuff, uh, you know, that's organic, then you are not counting your pennies because if you are poor, you know what, you're going to be eating the 99 cents menu from McDonald's Absolutely. or you're going to be. Uh, or you're going to be going to some type of food bank, or you're going to be buying crappy food. That's why we all know this. You know, poor neighborhoods have poor neighborhoods. With yeah. Poor neighbor, poor neighborhoods, and you know, poverty stricken um, areas, communities are the ones that have all these health problems because their access financially only financially they only have access to like really bad food you know right, right so that's something that doesn't make sense and also i think a lot of people are baking to pass the time i think also a lot of people are baking um you know because since you can't go out and do a lot of things are probably baking to do things with their children right you know um or even something but like Darian, a simple now what about what about as, karen what about karen's needs what about karen's bread like, like now now during mother's day you know um that's true i still have mothers in my life i want to celebrate so i'm gonna actually bake my cornbread my corn my orange cranberry bread which is offered i it's from a box mix but i sandra lead that shit like okay okay i had i semi i semi homemade like when i buy any mix or anything i always semi homemade it it you know i i I add like uh it's a cranberry um orange muffin or bread Mm -hmm. i add Mm -hmm. like um orange zest oh okay um, okay i'll put pieces of oranges in the batter then i make like i get like um confectionery sugar and i make like an orange glaze like i add stuff to it but that's what everybody's getting for mother's day i'm putting in a cellophane paper and go here you go dropping it in your doorstep you know Ooh, um, i'm not one of your but mothers yeah, but can i get one too <laughs> i'll see what i can do but um, but yeah, like I, I I think a lot of people are baking, and I mean, look at Stephanie, Stephanie, <laughs> Stephanie's from Mama Merlot. She's open. She, I think she opened up a restaurant. Look, I found that. No, and what I love is that the stuff that she's cooking is like you know, butternut squash ravioli with a like brown butter reduction <laughs> in thing. It's like it's like really like what I'm saying is that she's cooking things that probably don't we don't have the time normally to cook. That generally on a weekday you don't have the time to cook, but now because you're stuck at home, you you know you're bored, right. or you know you want to do things with your kids, you know, hey, help me bake this, or hey, let's make bread, and you know, kids right. love all that stuff. So, Karen, my... you know, it's it's not all about you finding your organic flour, Karen. My biggest issue with with her, I mean, again, like I told you, the first from the first sentence, I was already against her, like she wasn't gonna win me over, but. Mm-hmm. My whole thing is where she's just like, you know, you're robbing children. I'm like, mira, cuando hay hambre, se come lo que se tenga que comer. Unless you are, yeah. unless you are deathly allergic to something, you know, like 
if you're allergic to shrimp and the only thing left to eat is shrimp, well, then start gnawing on bark because you know you're gonna you know you're gonna die. But Karen no, Karen no ha pasado trabajo de verdad. Es lo que pasa, Karen. I mean, listen, her name is Karen White. Karen, I mean, because when you when you have five dollars and you have kids to feed and you have a family, the last thing you're thinking about is organic, you know, um, flour yeah. or organic anything. So whatever, you know. Oh, yeah, I read the article because a friend of mine had posted it on, on Facebook. So I clicked on it. I read it. And I actually I saw that, that thing had like 600 and something comments. And when I clicked on the comments to see the comments, that's when it was giving me a 404 error. It was like file not found, file not found. I wouldn't I wouldn't have I wouldn't have left a bad comment because, you know, I, I think, you know, we always say this all the time that Twitter and all that is vicious. And I'm not going to go out of my way to make Karen feel bad. Fair enough, but I'm going to read them. <laughs> oh, no, I'll read them. But I'm not going to say anything. I, I, You know, let Karen deal with her. Let Karen deal with the, <laughs> the deal with the shortage. manager. Deal with the manager of her local supermarket on her own. I so. have a feeling that the manager of Karen's local supermarket is very familiar with Karen. Oye, ¿qué pasó? ¿Oíste quién la mordió una serpiente? Yes. I don't know why I find that so funny. Okay, did you see? I sent the picture of the headline. Did you see the the, the picture? The the, the, no, the picture of the headline. No, 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 no. I saw it now in Access Hollywood. Okay, so we're talking about Lindsay Lohan, but the picture. Oh shit! I can't. I can't bring it up now because it's uh it's on my phone. You sent it on. You sent it on. Okay, hold I on. I sent it to the group chat. Yeah. The 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 the. The picture, it's basically, it's, you know, it's a picture of Lindsay Lohan with, like, I guess a snake next to her or what have you. But the headline reads something like... Lindsay, Lindsay Lohan bitten by snake on holiday in Thailand. <laughs> and like, the... So it sounds like the snake was on <laughs> yes! holiday in Thailand. <laughs> I'm picturing the snake, like, you know, on Travelocity, like, clicking away, just, <laughs> you know, making sure it's it not should a have been bitten. With... <laughs> It, or it should have been Lindsay Lohan. Snake bites while Lindsay on Lohan. In Thailand. Right. It's bitten by snake. <laughs> but it sounds like the snake was like <laughs> in Thailand, you know, doing what you do in Thailand. Do what snakes do on holiday, you know. On holiday. On holiday and avoiding Samuel Lindsay L. Jackson. Lohan and being like, she looks juicy. Although she doesn't look juicy. No. She doesn't give me a juicy feel, but being like, I'm hungry. <laughs> Let me bite her, and it's Lindsay Lohan. I hope I, I hope that I didn't mess up the brand. Did um did that show Lindsay Lohan Beach Retreat or whatever the hell it was called? Did that get renewed? No. I'm laughing. I don't know why Beach Retreat sounded funny to me. Um, no, it didn't get renewed because the club actually closed. So she closed the Lindsay Lohan Experience yeah. Club. Closed. Yes, she closed the beach one, but she still has the one in. Uh, I, want to, I think it's in Athens. Hey, I'm going to make you feel old really quick oh right God. now. Like, I'm going to make you feel old because when I saw this, I felt very old. Okay. You know whose birthday it was this week and how old he turned? And this is only a reference that uh, the MTV generation is going to get. Oh, well, now that you said MTV generation, yes. I know who you're talking about. And It I was Kurt Loder's birthday. Kurt Loder from yes. MTV. Reporter from... 70. When I saw that, I was like, now, wow. Now, granted, when Kurt Loder was on MTV and yeah, he used to watch MTV, yeah, I don't he, 
he was the oldest person there. We Clearly, knew that. Like, yeah. and, and that's that's what kind of gave him prestige. That's why he interviewed like yeah. Madonna, you know, Madonna, and he would interview like the biggest, biggest, biggest people because he was like the credible news person. Well, he worked on for MTV. Rolling Stone as well. So I mean, he had yeah, a career yeah. at Rolling Stone before. But, MTV. He, but he was like he was like the beacon of credibility on MTV. Right, and right. He was older than everybody else there. So yeah, we knew the guy was in twenty, you know, or right, thirty. Right, right, right. But so we knew that he was older, but. I guess I never stopped and realized How that much he was older. at that time. He was in his fifties, and he's seventy-five. Seventy-five, like, and it's funny because when I saw him, I was like, "He looks old." Obviously, I mean, he's seventy-five. He looks older, but I guess because he always looked older, like I'm like, "Oh, well, he doesn't look that bad." You know what I mean? Like he, he always looked old to us. He just anyway, looked, he just looked generic older. Right, just right, older. right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, that made me feel old really quick. I know. Uh, so now he's old, Adele skinny, there's, <laughs> there's um, flying, what is it, flying moths coming that are going to kill us. Murder hornets, there's a murder hornets in Mother's Day. Or the coronavirus is still going on. Oh, God, but I got to say, well, so today's, this week's guest, we have been trying to get this this guest for a while now. Um, he's. He, you want to talk about like, iconic? There you go. So we're iconic. talking about iconic at the beginning. Very, very iconic. He is. You know, he's known in. Obviously, he's known in Miami, but he's known in Spanish-speaking circles, English-speaking circles. You know, local, national. He is a nationally syndicated DJ. It's Enrique Santos, who we just. I mean, number one, we just think he's hilarious and fun and, and all that, but. You know, we have a massive amount of respect for because of what he's been able to accomplish. And, you know, you guys are yeah. all about it. But he really is. I know we say this a lot with our guests, but there's a reason that there are guests. You know, he's <laughs> what we like to spotlight on our show. You know, it's what we really like yeah. to bring to the forefront. And yeah. so after his word from no, our I was going to say before we get there, I'm like, although the world is falling apart in 2020, in 2020, we were able to get two of the guests we always wanted and hadn't been able to, which was That's Jenny Lorenzo true. and Enrique Sato. It only took a pandemic for us to be able to lock in these because guests. They, they were always on our short list of yeah, people yeah. that we really wanted. And we finally got them. Although the whole world is falling apart, we got them on the show. Things, for are, things are working out for us. So whatever. We're yeah. like Karen with her, with her yeast. Oh, oh, <laughs> All right, guys. So we're from our sponsor, and then our chat with Enrique Santos. Oye, caballero. We all know que in Miami there is a lot of authentic Hispanic food options, but at Cuban guys' restaurants. Favorites like the Frita and the Sandwich Guano are the absolute stars of the show. And now for National Burger Month, they've got a special guest star, Burger Beast. During May, at Cuban Guys locations in Hialeah, Kendall, and Miramar, you can order Burger Beast menu items for either pickup or delivery. The Beast Burger can be ordered either regular or acaballo. Oh, that fried egg, just thinking about it makes me so hungry. Or if you're feeling a little more adventurous, you can get the Georgie Boy, which is a burger that not only has tartar sauce, but also includes Burger Beast's signature beast sauce. Oh, what's beast sauce, you ask? <laughs> it's only a guava sriracha ketchup that is so damn good. You can order
order a bottle of it to put on all of you the other items on the Cuban guys menu or for use at your barbecues or by honestly you could probably put that thing on a pierna and it would taste insanely delicious and ordering online eh lo más fácil del mundo either at cubanguysrestaurants.com or through Facebook Messenger plus right now if you use promo code pero when ordering online you'll get 10% off your order total Cuban guys restaurants burger beast and 10% with promo code pero sounds like the perfect Miami combo to us Cuban guys restaurants it's not just fast food it's awesome food fast a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Okay, Caballero, we have with us today. You know, we've interviewed our fair share of multi hyphenates in the past, but I think that this guy really takes the cake. He is a radio host, nationally syndicated, English, Spanish, has a podcast, volunteer policeman, uh, has, you know, part of a local fast food chain. I mean, I think, what, do you also do basket weaving, sir? I mean, like, it's the only thing left at this point. I do point. macrame. Macrame. You macrame, macrame. Of course, we have <laughs> the one and only Enrique Santos with us today. Thank you so much for joining us, man. Welcome to Pero Let Me Tell You. Thank you, gentlemen. Congratulations for your success. I've heard so much about you guys. I'm sorry. I know you guys have been after me for a while, but we had to do it the, the right Cuban way and make you guys wait. <laughs> a, a, a little bit, a little bit. So now our voices, I was telling Ish yesterday, I'm like, so now we're going to sound like crap because we're going to be, you know, speaking to the voice. The guy was like, <laughs> the best voice. So Hi, por favor. <laughs> no, man. You know, I get all the time, well, you got such a beautiful voice. As I've never really worked on my voice. It's just been, just talk, be yourself. And a lot of people also, you know, through the years, people have asked me, so what do I got to do to get into radio? Do I have to have that broadcaster voice? And no, just talk and be you. And I think that's what people, that's what really shines through, what people value is yeah. really what you got to say and what, what, where your heart's at. Well, that's a great kind of transition because I know you're, you're from originally Chicago. Um, you're based out of Miami right. now. But you actually were a cop. Right. I mean, is that is that the, as, as the legend goes yeah. before you got into radio? <laughs> yeah, that is true. It is. Uh, well, I'm, I'm actually still a police officer, a reserve police officer with the city of Miami. Um, listen, as a kid, all I ever wanted to do was be a police officer. Looking up to my uncle, uh, Eddie Santos, who was a, he's now retired, <clears throat> recently retired from the Florida Highway Patrol. But I remember seeing my tío Eddie, you know, come in his in his patrulla and see him in his uniform. And I was like, damn, that's what I want to do when I grow up. And so that's all I really ever wanted wanted to do. Although I enjoyed radio and TV and broadcasting and comedy, I never really envisioned making a career out of it. Um, but, you know, through high school, uh, I joined the um, uh, Police Explorer uh, program. Um, and uh, 
you know, that got me very close to the law enforcement community and I made a lot of friends and, and it really made me fight my, my path. I was even became more passionate about pursuing a, a career in law enforcement. Right out of high school, I become I become a dispatcher and then I become a uh, police officer with the city of, of North Miami. Working as a police officer in the city of North Miami, I called the radio station that I listened to. The guy that picked up the phone was the program director. We became friends. One thing led to another. He put me on the radio. He liked what he heard. I liked what I was doing. And it was like a moonlighting job. And then eventually he ended up offering me full-time work hosting the morning show. And I left full-time police work to do radio full-time. But I've always kept my ties with, with the community. Um, as, now as a city of Miami reserve police officer, I work very closely with uh, uh, Chief Colina mm -hmm. with, and, and with the community community relations uh, division where we work and do great things with the police athletic league and do the right thing. And in whatever capacity the police department needs me. That's awesome. That's awesome. But I mean, you've been doing radio now for how long? Yeah, it feels it's been for for a while for, now. For, for somebody forever. who's as young as you are, it feels like way too long. Yeah. let's put it that way. Wait, <laughs> thanks. It never it never gets old. That's the whole thing. And this this is it. Just it kind of feels when I, every time I look back, I say, "How long have I been doing radio?" It's like I think it's been about eighteen or close to twenty years. So I started. You know, the part time like ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine, I, I, and I left police work to do radio full time in two thousand. So yeah, twenty something years now when you do when when you do the numbers, but it seems like longer than that. And yeah. how did you how did you just get initially even part time? Like how how did you transition from being a police officer to even as a part time gig getting into radio? Again, it was kind of you know it, I remember I was I walked into I was working as a police officer and uh, I, I walked into the Specs Music Store that no longer exists. <laughs> uh, One hundred and twenty. Uh, Fifth Street, 123rd Street and Biscayne Boulevard. Mm, okay. okay. Yeah. We know the specs. Yeah. I said, well, it, it used to be a specs. Now it's a FedEx uh, office thing that they do where you can go in and make a copies or whatever. Whatever they call it, FedEx something. Kinko. Kinko's, FedEx, whatever, that combination. So, but before that was FedEx Kinko's, it used to be a specs. And I walked in there and I wanted to, I, wanted, I walked in and I, and I wanted to buy the CD. Uh, Tonio Rosario did a song, El Merenguero Tonio Rosario de República Dominicana, yep. a cover song of Eros Ramazotti, No Puede Haber. No Puede Haber. Da, 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 da. They did it in merengue. And I wanted that song because I, I would hear it on the radio and I walked in and I didn't know what, what's, what production it was on or what album it was on. So I called the radio station that I listened to at that time, which was El Sol 95. Yeah. And again, the guy that picked up was uh, Jesus Salas, uh, who's still there. Uh, great guy. We hit it off. He heard, you know, I told him I was a police officer. He asked me if I listened to the morning show. I said, yes. He asked me if I like radio. I said, yes. He asked me if I'd be willing to come in and do an interview on, on the radio program, which never materialized, but that, that interview never materialized, but that relationship did. And again, he needed somebody on the weekends and he put me on and the rest really was, was history. So it's just, it was, a, it was a great opportunity. Wow. I, that's a great <laughs> story. So this was yeah. totally by chance. This wasn't you. Yeah looking out for it and a hundred percent exactly again i always liked and respected uh you know radio and and, and tv and and comedy mm -hmm. uh, but again i never envisioned making a career out of it as a matter of fact um the uh, greenwich studios is there in north miami and i used to patrol and i was assigned to as the off-duty officer they're working at that studio <clears throat> at that time the greenwich studio is the only sound stage in the state of florida and so a lot of people don't know but there's a lot of movies um, have been filmed there and TV shows and music videos like, for example, uh, Miami Vice and if you remember Flipper of course. and Gloria Stefan's coming out of the dark video after 
her horrible accident that almost cost her her life and the recovery. She filmed that video there. So many movies have been filmed there where I was the police officer on set as the off-duty officer, including Demi Moore's striptease. Mm-hmm. I remember if you've seen the movie, yeah. where yeah. Debbie Moore takes it all off and she's topless, she's completely naked and all that stuff. I was See, actually I always, standing I always think there. of that movie as the one with Burt Reynolds and head-to-toe Vaseline. But yes, that's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a bunch of cool parts. Where you, can re- you can pick your favorite parts, right? whether it's the Vaseline Burt Reynolds part or the, the Demi, Demi Moore topless part. But I was there at that very moment when they were filming that scene on set and Demi Moore actually whispered over to one of the production people and that person walked right over to me and said, excuse me, officer, would you mind leaving the set? Um, Mrs. Moore is doing a special scene and she doesn't want, she wants only the central or the right people here. So, but they're great opportunities and great memories. I was also on the set, you know, with um, with, uh, Jim Carrey and Ace Ventura, a pet detective Mm. that was filmed there. Um, so many cool and neat opportunities when 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 Harry met uh, not, um, something about Mary ah, with uh, know, Ben Stiller. I was actually uh, you know assigned to to Ben Ben Stiller's uh, security for the filming of that of that movie. So I spent a lot of time uh, with him in my patrol car. So that whole world, I was it was kind of like I was attracting. You know, if, if if you believe in the laws of attraction, right? I was attracting all this stuff without even realizing it and learning from a lot of these actors as, as well. And, and look how things panned out. Yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. Now, now, humor has always been a really big part of your, you know, personality, on-air personality. So did you know you were funny? I know I was funny looking. I always oh. have... <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> if this wasn't especially, a Zoom call, you might get away with that. But, but, <laughs> well, that's um, just COVID. We all look weird now that we've been at home eating. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I got I, it, it's it's funny because, yeah, so comedy is is therapy. And, you know, as a kid, I've always been prank calling people. And again, these are things that we do that you don't you're not even you're not even conscious of. But it's part of our, our DNA and sometimes part of our destiny, depending on what we pick and choose and what we want and what we uh, like. The song says, right, be careful what you wish for, because you just might get it. It's so true. I remember as a kid with um, um, with Alex. Alex Brown, my best friend, who's actually now my attorney. But back in the days, we used to prank call people. It was just, that was a thing to do. Pick up the yellow pages and prank call people and laugh mm-hmm. and have fun. And now I get paid to do prank calls, you know? <laughs> yeah. So in comedy, and sometimes I have to reset myself. And, in what and way? just remember. And, and well, in that I, I take things a little too literal. Things, I take things a little too serious. Mm-hmm. I take pride in 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 things that I do when I and I don't like letting people down mm-hmm. uh, I don't like telling people no I like trying to I'm a perfectionist and in a good way but I pay a very high price um, I want everything to be so perfect and I and the way I think of things and we're involved in a project or we're doing a, a you know <clears throat> a bit or, or an interview I, I plan it out and I have to remind myself that, that you know Enrique relax uh, you know being a little bit of an asshole to myself and maybe maybe to the person in that situation, mm-hmm. and so I gotta I gotta I gotta remind myself to to inject the funny, so because the funny helps us. Funny helps us heal. Funny helps us um, put things into perspective and, and and learning how to be self-deprecating too, of being able to look in the mirror and realizing that we're not perfect. Nothing is perfect, um, and uh, and it's okay to not be perfect. And laughing at yourself and at the situation helps us get through. A lot of a lot. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, actually, speaking of crank calls, 
you are known for pro quite possibly the greatest crank call of all time. And you know where <laughs> I'm going here. So your crank call with Fidel Castro, how, yeah. the, how did that happen? Like, I remember when it happened and everybody heard it. I'm like, how did that happen? How did he get through? So, I mean, I know it's been a while now, but, but how did that happen, Enrique? Because still to this day, I mean, it was hard enough to get through Cuba to speak to your family, <laughs> let alone to speak to Castro. Like, how the heck did you get through to him? Darian, I would say it's uh, it's, a, it's a little bit of chance, a little bit of luck, a little bit of being in the right place at the right time. Uh, and I would say of listening. You know, at that time, uh, the producer of my show was a uh, uh, good friend, Alberto Sardinas. He now is on in Miami. You hear him on Amor 107.5. He works over at Univision. Uh, great guy, and he was my my producer then. And uh, at that moment, we had a segment that was called Fidel Te Llama. <clears throat> so basically, it was different pieces of Fidel Castro's voice recorded, and we would um, call people and 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 tell them, "Hey, we have Fidel Castro on the line." And this was very it was very popular in Cuba. People would um, send us requests: call my mom, call my my dad, my uncle, llama mi prima. O sea, know, esto hasta llegó a Cuba. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, well, we started with those calls. We would call people in Cuba with Fidel Castro's recorded voice and convince them that it was Fidel Castro on the other line. And we would make all types of outrageous requests. And the people were, oh, you know, está Fidel Castro ahí, el comandante Castro está en la línea. Sí, dígame, te escucho. And they would be like, oh, el sí. And we would help out, you know, and say, uh, you know, he wants to, he wants you to sing the national anthem. We get people singing the national anthem. What's this there? So this went on, and then Alberto, my producer, says to me, these calls are working out great. Why don't you call El Palacio Miraflores in Caracas, Venezuela, uh -huh. and try to convince them that we have Fidel Castro on the line? And I said, this is going to be impossible. And it wasn't impossible. It was actually very easy. Uh, with that same MO, we called Palacio Miraflores, and we got Hugo Chavez on the line, and we were able to fool him to thinking that he was talking to the Fidel Castro. He was talking to a recorded Fidel Castro. At the end, we told him it was a prank. Um, he stayed silent. He didn't say anything. Almost six years to the day, uh, after so many people insisting, um, hey, if you guys pranked Hugo Chavez, you can prank Fidel Castro too. It's like, these guys are buddies. That's not going to ever happen again. And again, almost six months to the day, we were able to get Fidel Castro uh, on the line. The only difference was when I told Fidel it was a, it, it was a, a prank. <laughs> yeah, he told us, oh, pound sand and... You know, yeah, yeah. He said yeah. all types of, of bad words, and that's what made that call historic, because yeah. never, never before has a, has Fidel Castro been heard um, saying all the things. Dude, that, lo, that lo he, in, a, in, a, in a real moment, like it wasn't yes. his perfectly quaffed personality that he tried to present to the world. Right, as Cubans would say, Italian bingo. Yeah, <laughs> that was it, that was amazing, and like you know, you you kind of spoke for an entire people at that moment that you were like, kind of you know, yes. f you. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and and again, if, had I better prepared myself, I think I would have uh, instead of. But but he, he the tone that he took obviously gets a surprise. He was surprised. He, no one's that's what prank calls or kind of get you off guard and get the funny or uh, outrageous uh, reaction an angry reaction that which which we got from him but at the end i was like yeah yeah i did feel and a lot of people said thank you because you were the voice of you know the exiled community of all of our political prisoners of all the people that have uh, suffered and are still suffering still to, to today because of that brutal uh, and horrible uh dictatorship that has so brutally and uh cowardly oppressed our, our people and our human rights 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and separated us. Uh, okay. So had I, had I really known that I was going to be able to engage with him, I would have prepared myself to really say something a lot more, a lot more solid. But again, that was totally unexpected. Can you imagine after that call, how many heads rolled in that office? <laughs> like... Oh, oh yeah. So <clears throat> there was a, a number that he gave us, the dispacho, and it was an actual official number. And we aired that number. It, it sent after that they changed the number and stuff, but there's you know some people question the validity of it, um, and it was investigated and it, yes it did happen it was Fidel Castro as a matter of fact with the radio station we were fined by the by the FCC um, <laughs> for having a voice without his consent which is absurd because he's a public um, figure he, though yeah he's, well, yeah but it's it, it's you know they're broadcast rules and you can't yeah, uh, mierda, basically. air somebody without their consent or record them without their consent and yeah there's there's a lot of those uh regulations and that, that were in play yeah so you mentioned you know that that you were thanked by a lot of people for being being that voice for for that community and i know now you're part of the iheart family and you know you have your your show in spanish you also do some things in english obviously you're straddling you know both cultures i think as as many of us do i mean this is really the whole crux of this podcast is you know darian and i were cuban american like yourself you know i i always say i'm not 50 50 i'm 100 100 right like i'm 100 cuban culture 100 american culture and somewhere in the middle they kind of mesh um beautiful another thing that i just wanted to say on a personal note of as a thank you you know you are a openly gay latino man I am a gay Latino, so thank you for being that type of representation that is a positive representation, you know, especially in a community that we've made strides, but let's face it, in the Latino community, it's still a little, eso no se habla. Um, I guess it's a long-winded way of me saying, you know, what kind of, how do you feel that the landscape has changed across the board? Because now you're straddling both English, Spanish, you know, bilingualism, Spanglish, there's, you know, the, the gay minority representation. I mean, do you, I don't want to say, do you feel a certain responsibility, but how do you feel that the world has changed and allowed you to kind of be navigating through these worlds? And that's a hell of a question. So I'm, I apologize in advance. No, great. It's, and it's right on point. And I appreciate that. Listen, I think it's more, um, it, it's, it's more accepted, yet it's still not understood. And it, it's important that, that, um, that sexual orientation be accepted, but that it's also, and it's up to people like you, like me, and you know, all of us that have a platform that are part of the LGBTQ plus community that, that we get the, the the right message across, you know, that your, your sexual orientation doesn't determine your character. Right. And it's so important to really, it's it, honestly, to me, it comes with a, with a huge, huge sense of responsibility of saying the right things, of representing the right things. I get I get people write to me all the time, people that have been um, outed through different situations, people mm -hmm. that have come out and that have uh, struggled. Um, you know, imagine, and this really needs to, um, people that, 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 that come out to their family uh, and people in our community, what, what they want is to be accepted and what every human wants and deserves to be loved. And so imagine, you know, and it's so sad to hear. And again, people write to me all the time and, and, and thank me. And this is what really puts it in perspective and lets me know, and it's fulfilling. And it lets me know that, again, it comes with a very big sense of responsibility, but it, 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 it's very gratifying in, in the fact that I know that if I can at least touch one person, if I can at least reach one person and, and help that one person through this, um, I, I, I feel that 
that I've done something positive. I feel that I'm doing the work that I should be doing, what my calling is. Right. I like my days to be productive. I like being doing something that, that's, that, that's moving in the right direction, that's, that's uniting. Mm -hmm. you know? And so imagine people coming out and somebody going to their family and, and, and coming out to the people that they love the most and then que sean rechazados, that they're turned away, mm -hmm. that people turn their backs on them. And so many of our, of, of our people and, our, and of our kids that look to their mom or dad or their grandparents or their, an uncle or a loved one, <clears throat> their family, and that uh, que son rechazados por su familia, they're rejected by the people they love the most. Forget about society, starting at right, home, right. they reject home homes and a lot of them end up being kicked out of their homes, being disowned by their own parents. Put that in perspective, wrap your brain around that and how absurd is is it to even think about that because you know because i like we all like cuban sandwiches but i like mine with pepino and some like it without pepino and that somebody wants to doesn't understand that and now rejects you uh, because of that so that that really to me is one of the most it, it's a it's a it's a it's a conversation it's almost a daily conversation mm -hmm. to me it's like a se cae la mata it's not a stress. It's not a big deal. I don't stress. Some people, they have, everyone has their favorite colors. They have their favorite foods. They have their favorite drinks. And that doesn't, you know, it, to me, it's just, it's so simple to understand. But unfortunately, it's not that, that simple to everyone else. But I think sometimes it takes a person like yourself. And again, I don't, I don't have demographic data on your fan base. But I would assume that, you know, there is a substantial chunk of it who are these older school Cubans, you know, and who are who are on board with you as a person that when they find this out, they may think, you know, oh, well, okay. You know, it, it's not the stereotype or it's not the, you know, they see you as the person first. And I think it, it's very cliche, but it's like, you know, until you know someone who is gay, black, Asian, blah, 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 you know, whatever the case may yeah. be, you, your opinion may not change. And you're kind of that bridge for a lot of people in that old guard, I would think. It's sort of a acceptance through familiarity. You're when you're familiar with somebody and you know someone, you know, no matter who they are or what they are, you are comfortable with them. So it's easier to accept whatever, whatever it is, you know. Yeah. It, so it all depends. Yeah. It, listen. It's um. It, it all depends on on the demographic for sure. It's um. I, I've always been, I'm a very private person. I like, and I, and I think there's certain things that should stay private um, <clears throat> for many, for many reasons. Of course. But, but specifically, yes, with this, with certain age groups, you got You got to know how to navigate. When I'm on the radio, I'm very clear who I am. I don't hide who I am. Right. I used to, I used to, um, but I've, I felt that, you know, and I've learned through the time, through time that it's, it's, uh, I'm doing a disservice to everyone out there who's suffering with this, keep keeping quiet. So with that said, and always in the back of my mind, there's certain filters that before I, I say anything, uh, I, I always try as much as I can to obviously not offend, uh, to unite. And when I finish my radio programs, even though there may be people that I disagree with, I, I think we can agree to disagree. Um, the political you know, climate that exists currently in, in, in the world, but more importantly here at home in the, in the United States is something that you just, it's, uh, it's depressing. It's sad. Mind boggling. <laughs> yeah. It, no, but, 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 but I, you know, honestly, I, it saddens me. Mm -hmm. It saddens me that because, you know, especially Cubans have allowed, not by choice, but not allowed. Cubans have been fooled, right. To, to 
not even to accept because not everyone accepts that it's just the living conditions what Cubans were fooled into communism and what exists now in Cuba that dictatorship and uh, totalitarianism mm -hmm. and that in our country what we respect what we're supposed to respect and we have freedoms of of right and religion and freedom of speech most importantly that people can express themselves without being hated or being uh, ridiculed or being called a name or being considered a, a communist just for thinking different. Uh, it's it's really, it's the, one of the weirdest things that we're living through in, in our country. Um, but listen, we're a resilient country and, and people and, and we're gonna we're gonna overcome this. But my job is really, and I pride myself in that is, is to unite, not to separate. Um, I try to, as much as I can, like my dad says, that doesn't mean we have to, hate each other or shut people out but yeah with, with specifically with the content I'm, I'm very very careful and, and it's just it, again it's sickening too because we accept it same thing with like ricky martin and uh, everyone else who's on who's on the radar and famous and has a platform and ricky will put a you know uh a picture up of, of his kids and the majority of people understand that no big deal and other people why do we got to see this or if there's a picture of you know two right uh, right gay guys or two gay women showing affection for for each other you, you see still today in 2020 where people is, you know, they start throwing the Bible at you or telling you that uh, they judge you and how disgusting it is and that you shouldn't be doing that. So there is a double standard there. Yeah. Uh, so again, it's uh, accepted for the most part. The majority of people now accept more, but it's still yet not understood. we got a lot of work to do. Absolutely. You know, I, honestly, I got to say, didn't expect we would, we would get this, you know, this deep and, uh, and serious, but that's the beauty of podcasts, right? I mean, it's, it gives you that opportunity to have those longer conversations. And I know that you have a podcast now, right? Yeah. So we just launched my, uh, and, and we had a couple episodes ready to go and we struggled a little bit on when to, when to, when to launch it. Do it now, and yo. People are stuck at home. They're craving did. content. <laughs> that's exactly, that's exactly what we said. And we launched what, two or three weeks ago. And, and it's been great. Como se from. Uh, hola, my name is. <laughs> I like it. So a little, and I love, the, I love the podcast you're doing too. It's, um, you know, it's funny because it's great. It's genius. It's the same thing. You know, my producer saying, but oh, yeah, let me tell you. I'm like, let me tell, tell me what. Oh yeah, pero let me tell you. I'm like, what the fuck are you gonna tell me? Tell me. He said, no, the podcast. Like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Congrats on that. But on hola, my name is. It's it's fun. We're you know from from artists like Jay Balvin to uh, you know, movers and shakers and people that really, really represent the Latino community in a very dignified way and have had success in, in their immigrant story. Emilio and Gloria Stefan, Babu Nanwe, who's the CEO of, of Goya, the most recognized brand in, in Latino uh, products, and just being able to get into their brains and being able to share and learn more uh, about them. The same thing, you, I'm learning more about you guys. You guys are learning more about me, and what a better time. There's no, there is no better time than now when we're all, when we're all home to discover these new new platforms and, and new shows. No, yeah. absolutely. I mean, if not now, when, right? Yeah. So something that, you know, as Ish said earlier, you know, you're now syndicated. So, you know, around the country, they hear the voice. But you're also very unapologetically Miami, um, as you should. <laughs> as, we, as, we've been, as, as we've been accused of being a couple of times as well. You know, uh, yeah. So as, I don't know if you can see that, Enrique, the shirt it's just wearing. I'm going to actually stand States up. The Bureau. That's a shirt that we designed. And it kind of says, the Miami, we're kind of our own people. So I'm just curious, somebody who's now heard around the country, um, yep. and everybody has access to you, 
how would you to somebody let's say in wichita kansas how yeah. would you describe miami because that's something that is like an ever-evolving definition oh, um, what a cute puppy sorry darian i didn't mean to interrupt you but he's petting a puppy <laughs> no, he's petting a dog Charlie, yeah. say hi puppy oh say, what's so up? cute Crazy, Papi, saluda. hello <laughs> so how do we keep it real keep it my listen yeah, how, how, how would you describe the miami experience because i feel a lot of people think that miami is what you see on tv you know uh south beach clubs right. to a certain extent that is part of the miami experience but it's mm -hmm. a very small percent so how would you explain miami again to somebody in the middle of the country kansas mm -hmm. <laughs> Wait, <I> <laughs> What's up, buddy? It's your son. Awesome. Man, I would, I remember, first of all, let me say that I remember when I, when I, again, I started doing radio in 2000. And, and you know, when I parked my police car, I took my, my, my uniform off and, and, and put the headphones on to, to do radio. I said to myself, I'm going gonna, I'm I'm gonna to take the ball and I'm going to run as fast and hard as I can. I didn't know anybody in the industry. You know, I didn't know any artists except the ones that I told you about that, you know, the, the actors that, right. you know, rub shoulders with and that, that experience. But in the musical, in, in the music industry, I really didn't know anybody. I didn't know any producers, you know, with time, you know, I met a lot. Um, and, and now friends, intimate friends with, with a lot of the people that I used to hear, including Tonyo Rosario, who was the first guy that I walked in to buy that, that, <laughs> that album from, and then, to, you know, then interview him and then be friends with him and eventually even invited me to sing uh, with him and we, and we did for 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 about a week on a on a tour as as a as, for fun no, hold on, was, también. on top of everything también else you also sing <laughs> in, the shower, in the, the shower sounds, <laughs> in the shower it sounds great yeah we've done a lot of stuff with parodies and we're always you know doing karaoke and stuff and yeah i, I enjoy it so eh, i remember at the beginning i said to myself uh, there was never a show there's a lot of national shows that were done from New York to different parts of the country or from Los Angeles out to the different parts of the country mm -hmm. in Spanish. And I said, you know what? I always had at the beginning, como meta, hacer un show um, de Miami sin importar banderas, a show that would represent us all as Latinos, which is very complicated because we know we come from all different parts yeah, so very. much. And, and our language también and our innuendos and, and the, the lingo and the words and, you know, Bicho means one thing in Cuba and in Puerto Rico means something totally different. Yeah. You can go on and on in Mexico and, and Spain. So it's it's a little tricky. But I always said to myself, I want to do a show from Miami, produced in Miami, with the right amount of people, like the, the United Nations of radio, if you would. And and that's what we have nowadays. Pero me costó mucho. There was a lot of people at the beginning that didn't didn't understand it, didn't see it. And maybe they were just brutally honest with me. And they were probably right. At that time, I wasn't ready. But I remember telling, I remember one person telling me, and the person will remain anonymous because I think the person said it with, with, now, I was very angry then, but now I think they said it with the very, with the right intentions. Mm -hmm. And he says, he says, your show will never be syndicated. You're too Cuban. Okay. And that always stuck out. That always stuck out with me. I'm too Cuban. What does that mean? Is it my accent? Is, is it the way I think? Is it the music? Is it, what is it? So it took several years to, you know, to, to, to digest that. And again, that person at that moment didn't mean wrong. Uh, I took it the wrong way and I was angry. I really was. And I'm happy I heard that because that helped, that helped me understand and really open up my mind. 
when, and that, in ese entonces, I worked for a Spanish broadcasting system para los, los, para los, los Alarcones who own great family oh, yeah, broadcasting. Yeah, yeah. I have a lot of respect for, <clears throat> for Raul Alarcón. May he rest in peace and rest in peace and his son, Raulito, que también le tengo mucho aprecio. And then from there, moved to, to Univision. So when you work with different people, and you, it's good to have conversations like this. It's good to hear different people's opinion, to be open-minded about things. Because that, you know, with time, I got my Spanish got better. At that time, honestly, I, you know, I spoke I spoke Spanish, but it really wasn't. To be honest with you, when I started overnights and I was put on the radio, my my Spanish was, you know, not ready for radio. Right. I got better with time because I was placed into that situation. I remember reading El Nuevo Herald in voz alta. And sometimes, you know, with a pencil in between my mouth to help with, with the accent and just so the R rolled correctly, the right pronunciation. Um, but it that it was always been a challenge. So now, you know, with iHeart, uh, I've been able to assemble the right the, the, the right group of professionals that represent um, uh, not uh, not every single you know bandera. Latina, but for the most part, I think we're a great combination. There's great chemistry there, and we're very conscious of uh, 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 of what we do. And and things need to feel good and, and be organic. And I'm happy, man. It feels great when I'm able to, you know, I can represent the, the town that I wasn't born here, but I grew up here, and I have a lot of love for, for Miami and our streets and our people and our culture and our music and our food and everything. And that, you know, that's why we're that box at the bottom of that United States Census Bureau shirt. Guys have. So to, I can still represent that at the same time, be a voice, not just for the 305, but for Latinos nationally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to say on a personal note, because I know we got to wrap it up soon. I want to say on a personal note that one of the things I've always admired from you is that, you know, as I said, whether it's a radio personality or just, you know, in your comedy is that you've always been a class act. And I think that that goes a long way. Because it's always very easy to default to just being, you know, whether it's raunchy or being controversial and provocative, it's very easy to fall in that hole. And you've always, I think, been a, a real class act. And you've always, you know, whether it's uh, Latinos or Miami, you've always, you know, represented well. So I want to personally thank you for that because, you know, th that's very important mm -hmm. that people like that, you know, that represent other people. Um, be like that so yeah you know thank sure. you thank you for that class oh, goes a long way <laughs> yeah and thank you you know i do gotta admit though that you know at the beginning of my career things were a little raunchier shock jock radio is what i you know i used to but i got into the, radio but that was the times too that was the time that, exactly you know and i grew up listening you know and, and watching howard stern oh. and he was you know, he, he was an inspiration so i had i had my my fair share of, you know, Newsweek magazine comparing at one, at one point, as a matter of fact, Newsweek actually called me the Latino Howard Stern. Um, well, you have better so that hair, was the, I'm just going to say. Career. Huh? You have much better hair. <laughs> he has longer hair. So, it's, it's always <laughs> looked, yeah. His always looked oily. I don't know. It's just, you know. <laughs> but it was early on in my career that, you know, someone gave me again. Uh, um, and every day I tell myself I got to be a better listener because I talk a lot. But sometimes that's when you get so sometimes you got to talk, but you, you learn. And every day, again, I got to remind myself, keep the funny on. Number two, I got to remind myself, listen. And number three, listen more. Keep listening, because when you hear people, 
and you hear their stories, they'll, they'll inspire you and they'll bring out the best of you. But you got to be a good listener. And I remember Emilio Stefan at the beginning of my career saying, hey, Enrique, you're very funny. I hear you. Pero no desperdicies una oportunidad que tienes, que es el poder de ese micrófono. Hay tanta gente que nos están dividiendo. So many people divide us as Latinos. Do things that unite us. And that has stuck with me. That there truly is so many people that enjoy, you know, dividing us and, and, and they critique us and they talk down and that stereotype us and treat us like shit. Mm -hmm. So why would we beat up on our own people, on our own artists, on our own uh, politicians, on our own? Oh, we need to applaud them. We need to empower them, uh, spend time with them like you guys. It doesn't matter how big or how how small. Everyone has something to say. Everyone has, and I and I I applaud you guys, and, and I'm happy to talk to to people that are, are getting into new new areas that they don't know, and they reach out to me because, man, it, it it makes you know, it's very humbling and it puts things into perspective that, and it's very gratifying that I'm able to inspire other people. Thank well, you. Thank, you, thank you, thank you, and and I mean, and, you know, we could sit here and talk. I mean, I know you're very busy. We could sit here and talk for hours about you know the charity work that you do, and you know your involvement with the Cuban guys restaurants, and yeah. just I mean, I, just this Mother's Day, I think you're doing something with Lee Schrager for the you know, over at Lee's house. Yes, and and um, I mean Donna Shala will be there. I'm looking forward to seeing her, and uh, who else? Let's see, the state attorney Catherine Fernandez Rundle will be there as well, and I love Lee. He's a great man and always super nice guy. Computer. Super nice guy. We met, him, we met him a couple great. months back at a, at an event for Burger Beast. And honestly, tremenda buena gente. Like, just yeah. very, again, very genuine. And that's something that, you know, like yourself, we always say, we, we, we like to put the spotlight on people who, who are doing something positive, you know, because it's very easy to just be like, oh, who's the latest controversial to a person in the news and see if you can get them and give them, extend their 15 minutes. But then what did you do? You know, did you really right. put the spotlight on somebody who's really achieving things and and who puts us all in a good light? And honestly, yo, like you exemplify the hustle more than anybody else. And that's what we're all about over here is, you know, making sure we shine that spotlight on somebody who's who's not just coasting, who's, you know, always trying to achieve more. And, you know, palante. So thank you for that, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate those words and count on me uh, for whatever it is you guys uh are doing it and if I can help in any in any other capacity. Oh, well, no, well, it's, well, you guys heard it. It's it, it's been recorded. <laughs> it's so, on yeah, the record. It's on the record. <laughs> I don't know. We... <laughs> I mean uh, it. No. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, thank man. you so much. Thank you again. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And well, I know we, we can, obviously you're on the radio. Where can all of our listeners listen to you across multiple platforms through what the iHeart app? You are also available, not just your podcast, but your radio show, right? Right. So we, we're live every morning from Miami, from the 305. Uh, Nobody ever says from the 786. <laughs> All right. And the 305 and the 786. But then if you mention 305, 786, you got to mention 954 and the 561. Yeah. And there's so many area codes, right? So many different area codes. But from Miami, we are live every morning and we're syndicated uh, onto 30 different radio stations. From Miami, we're on uh, WZTU 94.9. Uh, FM. If you go to EnriqueSantos.com, there's actually a map there. That's right. And when you go there, you can you can pick what state you're in, and it'll tell you what where you can hear uh, the show. That's a Spanish radio morning show. Then we're on 100 and 100 plus radio stations uh, on the weekends. On my English show, it's called On the Move with Enrique Santos, mm -hmm. and uh, that, that's a lot of fun uh, uh, as well on the weekends. My podcast, 
Hola, my name is on the iHeartRadio app. You can just download the app. It's free and put in there, Hola, my name is, and it'll pop up. And I hope you guys enjoy it. Awesome. No, I'm sure we will, man. All right. Thank you again. And it's been a pleasure. You. you know, hopefully we can have you on again in the future. Let's do it. All Thanks right. a lot. And congratulations, awesome. guys. Thank Gracias. you, Enrique. Thanks, Thank man. you. Bye. 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 Happy Primavera, mi gente. The flowers are in bloom. The grass is growing. And it's way time to trim that overgrown hedge growing below the belt with some help from Manscaped. Mira, I've been using Manscaped's Lawnmower 3.0 body trimmer for a couple weeks now, and there hasn't been one nick or irritant on these nuts. I mean, what could be better? Hmm, how about the Perfect Package 3.0? What's the Perfect Package? <laughs> bueno. That's generally a matter of preference, but Manscaped's Perfect Package 3.0 offers everything needed for spring cleaning those tumbleweeds between your legs. It's not just the waterproof cordless lawnmower 3.0, but an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer, which as a Miami boy, I know the importance of keeping your balls from sticking to your legs, just walking from your house to your car. Caballero, hay una humedad del carajo. And thanks to their Crop Reviver Spray, your balls will smell fresh as a daisy. And now, you can get Manscaped's Perfect Package for 20% less with free shipping by using promo code PEDAL20. That's right, use promo code PEDAL20 at manscaped.com, because who doesn't like paying less for a perfect package? It's time for some spring cleaning. Your balls will thank you. And we're back! I, I will say I love the fact that we were able to do a Zoom call with him because, mm-hmm. again, especially somebody who we, you know, we've never met him in person. So I think it alleviated a lot and facilitated the conversation a little bit more when we could see each other. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Was, it, ideally, we would have loved to have done it in person, but, you know. Yeah, but but he's also one of these people that oh, no. he's very much about, like, the energy, oh, right? God, so yes. it's easier, obviously, to manifest that energy in a Zoom, a Zoom setting than, you know, a regular phone call. Yes, but, and that dog yes. is so cute. Yes, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like, he he was one of our, you know, we, we've said this a million times. We had, like, a short list of people that we wanted on our, you know, we wanted to get on our show from mm-hmm. uh, Gloria Candelon-Kellet mm-hmm. to Juan Pablo de Pachi um, to mm-hmm. Gloria Manzano. Um, Jenny Lorenzo, Enrique Santos. Those were all people yep. that we thought perfectly embody what we try to really uh, showcase here on the show. And we had been, you know, wanting them. But, you know, people are busy. People have lives, you know, and it's, it's hard to coordinate sometimes these interviews. So, yep. you know. But you know what? We're going we're gonna to put some things out into the world. So I'm just going to say Gina Torres, Gloria and Gina Torres. Gloria and Emilio, Gina, Gina Torres. Gina Torres. Gina Torres. <laughs> I well, I I mean, of course, I bow at the throne of Gloria and Emilio. I mean, who? What Cuban from Miami doesn't? Right. Well, anybody anyway, from Miami doesn't. But Gina, I've told you, if we get Gina Torres on this show, I'm gonna have to like contain myself because, like, I'm gonna make the interview about me, <laughs> about how I love Gina Torres, <laughs> and how she should know that you love her. Right. Like, Gina, let me tell you all the reasons why I love you and your character, Jessica. Jessica Pearson on Suits, the show that I only mention in every episode. It's true. It's true. So, anyway. Uh, But you know what else we mention in every episode is our last soda of the desert. Our last soda. So, this week, um, we've been usually giving our last soda of the desert. We've been giving a combined last soda of the desert. Um, 
and we've generally been giving it to charities or people that have been doing good yeah, during this coronavirus uh, pandemic. But we we had to give it this week to, again, an icon, a Miami icon that passed away this week, and that is Don Shula. Yes. Um, I don't need to say who Don Shula is, uh, but he was definitely one of these people that really whether you were, coach in NFL history, NFL history. Yeah. But, you know, whether you were into football or you were not into football, or whether you were a fan of the Dolphins or not, um, everybody knew who Don, who Don Shula was. And um, he was somebody who was very, very big to our community and yeah. to the identity of Miami. And let's not forget, and I'm not going to pretend to be a Miami Dolphins fan. I never really have been. I, I nothing against them, but I've never football. I've never really been into football. I've right, always been right. into football. But you know, nobody can deny the success of you know what they did in the '70s and 1972. It still remains an unbroken record that they had a perfect season yeah. and they won the Super Bowl. So, and that was that. You know, he was the coach during that time. So, right. you know, these are all like moments that um go down in history and he was very much part of of that so and i can't think of any know, of him having any scandals or anything like that i mean again not, no, not offhand no. no i also think he was of another time where people were uh you know in terms of sports they were about the sport and that's it you know it was less about celebrity more about the sport true um but you know that's a conversation for another day. Yeah. But yeah, a, a great, great loss this week. Um, but we thought, you know, he, we needed to address that and, you know, give him a last coat, but, you know, honor the legacy that he had to Miami. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, bueno, caballero. That's... Well, we hope nobody gets stung by a hornet <laughs> or by the snake. That... Maybe we should all just start breeding praying mantises so we can be prepared. I've I won't have a problem. I love praying mantis. I love. <laughs> so what's the thing about praying mantis? If you see a boy, a male praying mantis, it's a virgin. Well, yeah, because once it because mates, a female, it gets decapitated. Yeah, Zorak's never done it. Oh, virgin me, who's virgin? Whoever knows where that's from. So everybody, that was episode one hundred and nine. So that means that next week is episode 110. So we'll probably be featuring Tristan, my yes. kid. Yes, who, right. who counts down to every 10th episode so he could be on it. So um, <laughs> we hope everybody is, um, you know, stay safe. Uh, we, I, I would like to say we have the worst behind us. So um, stay well, safe. You know what? It, it, it'll only get better. We have to, we have to believe that. Remember, things can only get better. <laughs> That's the, that's, anyway, the, that's the real Kylie. Um, as always, you know, as we've been saying, thank you for sticking with us, yeah. um, especially during this time. Uh, we hope you listen, laugh, and learn. And remember to grab your pastelito, your croqueta, and your jupiña. And thank you for joining us, everybody. Happy Friday, Pero Friday. That was episode one. And happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Pero Let Me Tell You is co-hosted by Darian Borges and Ismaeliano, produced by Ismaeliano, and our theme, Pero Let Me Tell You Freestyle, is composed by Michael Angelo Lomlaplex, the official gay guy. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.